Greetings, I'm Tom Hensky, the host of The Affluent Advisor. With almost three decades under my belt in working with advisors, I found that the best way for us to stay current on our craft is through peer-to-peer -peer education. It's always a great feeling when we can learn something new or even just brush up on a planning technique that we haven't thought about in a while. But where do we as personal finance, tax, and estate planning experts go to sharpen the saw? The Affluent Advisor is a place where advisors, whether they be accountants, attorneys, insurance professionals, or financial advisors can come to get small bite-sized pieces of information from our peers to keep us current and knowledgeable on a wide variety of topics. Join us on a journey to grow as practitioners one that benefits both you and ultimately the clients that you advise. Welcome back. I have with me today, Jamie Mendelson from the Asher Group, and she is what I classify as the go-to resource for all fiduciaries who are trying to integrate life insurance valuation into their practice. I've seen her published in Trust and Estates magazine. She's presented all over the place. I've seen you at Heckerling. And the Asher Group is technically a life settlement fiduciary, which is just a fancy way of saying that they specialize in valuation of existing life insurance policies for planning purposes. And then they represent the policy owner if the decision is made to exit the policy through a life settlement. So welcome, Jamie. When we first met years ago, can you imagine we'd be doing a podcast for our peers? No, but I am excited to be here. Thank you for uh, the opportunity to join you for this conversation. Awesome. So let's just jump right in. So can we start off with you telling us what a life settlement is? And then if you could go into this California court case that you were telling me about that scared the living heck out of me, and I want everyone to know about it. So if you, can you start off with those two things? Sure, my pleasure. So by definition, a life settlement is the sale of an existing life insurance policy for an amount greater than the surrender value, but less than the death benefit. So we're talking about existing policies. Many of them have been in force for five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. And when the purpose they were put in force for no longer exists, you're selling a company, um, a spouse predeceases the other, you've gifted out your wealth, the life settlement solution gives your clients the opportunity to monetize their life insurance policies for, again, more than the surrender value, but less than the death benefit. And when we talk about this solution, this option that exists, um, and the court case that you bring up, that was a court case that came about because a client, a policy owner, I should say, sued their insurance advisor um, for not talking to them and bringing up and educating them about the life settlement solution. There was a court case in California called Larry Girl versus Lincoln, um, which is when a client, again, sued their uh, life insurance agent for only giving them the options of, I believe, surrender or reduction of face and felt that because the life settlement solution option wasn't presented to them, that they were not provided all of the options that they should have been. And this was a court case. It ended up being settled outside of court, um, but it, it was something that I, I think brought awareness to, to the importance of talking about what we're, we're discussing today. 
Okay, so you definitely have everyone's attention right now. Um, so what do advisors need to know about valuing existing life insurance policies? You know, I think we can keep it really simple and just remind everyone to think about their client's life insurance policy similar to their other ordinary property, their real estate, their art, their jewelry. Just like you wouldn't have a piece of real estate in a trust without knowing what it's worth, getting in that habit of valuing their existing life insurance policies, understanding based off the cost to carry the policy, the age and the health of the insured, what is that policy worth today in the regulated life settlement marketplace? And getting in that habit of looking at life insurance, not just at a ledger, but also seeing what is its fair market value. So misconceptions that advisors have out there about this business, I would assume it's something like their person's too young to do evaluation or they're too healthy. But you tell us, what's the biggest misconception of your business? You know, sometimes I think there's confusion of, you know, what's the right candidate for a life settlement market or pardon me for the life settlement marketplace today. And I think it's really recognizing that universal life policies are the strongest candidates for sale in the market. A lot of advisors and policy owners think whole life would be a good fit because it has you know, a lot of cash built up in it. But in reality, those underfunded universal life policies or the guaranteed universal life that have zero surrender value can be the most attractive policies in the marketplace. Um, and I think another big misconception is that you have to be old and, and, and really sick or impaired to fit this market. And in today's market with the private equity, the pension funds, the foundations that are purchasing these policies, there's purchasers for healthy 72-year-olds or 75-year-olds. It's just those retirement age clients are going to be a fit, but even healthy insurance policies could be attractive for sale in the market. And I do want to mention another uh, misconception is that term policies wouldn't have value. So I will say that term policies, although zero on the balance sheet, if they're still convertible and especially convertible to universal life products, they can be very attractive in the market. You know, these buyers like universal life products because they give those institutions flexibility on how to fund that future premium. Um, these buyers have lots of cash. They don't need to take cash to buy cash. They're really looking for a yield on their investment. So that flexibility of universal life products is what makes them more attractive um, in today's life settlement marketplace. Although this marketplace is evolving, there are buyers today for whole life and that might grow in the future. Right now, the flexibility of universal life, whether it's a $100,000 face amount or it's a $50 million face amount, there are dozens of capital sources that are competing in the auction that Asher creates as the seller's representative to really drive value to the policy owner. So you mentioned fair market value. So what's the impact of understanding the fair market value on planning? So I think there's a lot of impacts, opportunities for these policies. I mean, recognizing that a, a piece of property, a vehicle your clients have, um, could create the cash flows for other planning needs. So thinking about life insurance, again, as an asset, as property, really paying attention to it on your, your balance sheet reviews, when you're looking at the, the assets that a business owns or that are in your client's estates, or maybe you sit on the board of a charity and, and it holds a life insurance policy, recognizing that that, that property could create the cash flows, sometimes six, seven figures can be generated through the life settlement transaction, that that can create the, 
the cash flow for other planning needs, other services, other products that your clients have. By just valuing the policy and recognizing um, that it could have that value above the surrender value, although less than the death benefit. That other term you used, I want to delve into, which is the auction, right? So how does a life insurance policy auction protect the client's best interests? You know, the auction platform allows for and forces competition between the different capital sources that are purchasing policies. And I think all of us will agree that competition usually drives more value, right? You don't just want one offer on your house or one offer on your policy, but if we can drive competition between these different institutions, the different private equity hedge funds, pension funds, large asset managers, and force them to compete, squeeze their rates of return, it'll deliver higher results, a higher fair market value for your client's policies. Because you don't want your client just to get a market value, right? Some value greater than the surrender value. You really want that fair market value. What would these willing buyers purchase the policy for and with forced competition? That's a great question. Okay, well, the best way for us to learn is giving us a case study. Can you share one or two with us? Absolutely. So, you know, I always like to start off with um, a term example because I think that impact can be really significant. When you think about your business owners or you're thinking about succession planning with them, you know, a term policy on their balance sheet likely says, you know, it's worth zero. You know, I've seen that in the family law practice areas that we've spoken to, as well as in, in business planning. Well, we sold a $5 million term policy on a retiring executive. Again, zero on the balance sheet, still convertible. That $5 million policy sold for $750,000. So about 15% of the face amount. So it went from zero, almost a liability is how the, the owner was thinking about it, right? It required that premium um, every month or every year and turned that into multiple six figures um, that actually helped pay uh, for their succession plan by liquidating, by monetizing that life insurance asset. So let me ask this question for those professionals that are not insurance professionals, what does the conversion feature mean? Sure. And that's something that's one of my practice tips when I'm speaking around the country is many times term products, term policies have what's called a conversion rate, the ability to make that policy permanent. So many times you're clients are purchasing maybe a 10-year term or a 20-year term. I think there's even 30-year terms available in the marketplace. But at the end of that term, the, the death benefit goes away. But those policies, usually within the language and their, their policies or how, how it works, is they're able to convert to a permanent product so that your client could then pay premium potentially for another 50 years if they needed to with a policy that would stay in force. So that opportunity of taking a, a term for a certain period of time and being able to extend that to a permanent product can be really meaningful and something that helps it be attractive for sale in the life settlement market. So I would imagine for our estate planning friends that are listening to this, who might even be trustees, I'm wondering if their ears are perking up about paying attention to the term convertibility feature, either before they let a policy go or before the policy conversion period runs out too, I would imagine that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're seeing people as term policies are put in place, going ahead and putting a task or a note on their calendar, you know, six months before the conversion rate that's stated in the policy, before that's going to expire. So you can look at the product and say, has there been a change in health for the insured? You know, are we going to be able to purchase 
um, new life insurance if the need still exists at the end of that term, or do we want to take advantage of that conversion right? So that's that's meaningful, obviously, for sale in the life settlement marketplace, but also in overall planning and understanding the products that your clients have or that you yourself own. Okay, I'm going to bug you for one more. Give me one more case study before we go. So I mentioned there's buyers for all different um, size policies. Uh, we see a lot of clients that will take a small policy um, and convert it or sell it to monetize the policy for immediate long-term care needs. So I always like clients thinking about that because whether your clients are the 70 to 90 year olds or your clients are the 40 to 60 year olds that are financing that are having to pay for their their loved ones lifestyle or long-term care needs the opportunity to look at an existing policy that has been in place maybe for 20 years plus no longer really needed you know cash flows are tight because of long-term care needs being able part of me to sell that and let that fund a loved one's care can be really meaningful and i'll give you one more because i think this is probably our our most common uh, policy that we see are underfunded policies and trusts so whether you're a trustee your clients are accommodation trustees or or maybe you're a corporate trustee you know making sure you're paying attention to those life insurance policies not just doing your policy analysis but actually valuing the policy one can create an opportunity of, of obviously much larger uh, cash events than just surrendering a policy, but also mitigating the risk and liability. You know, if you're not paying attention to it, it's likely others aren't paying attention to it. We always say life insurance is kind of like secondhand smoke. Uh, a lot of people know they have to be around it, but they try to avoid it. We just don't want you avoiding it. You know, recognize it's a valuable asset, help your clients recognize it's a valuable asset, value it. And then once you know that value, you can make a decision on what to do with it. Jamie, you're fantastic. Thank you so much for all that information. How do we get in touch with you? Oh, I welcome um, emails. My email address is my first name, Jamie at ashergroup.com. So Jamie at ashergroup.com, or you're welcome to reach out to me on my cell phone at 407 3600. Uh, myself, the team at Asher, uh, we're here to, to partner with you, provide you information, uh, and represent your policy owners in sale. Thanks so much. That's great. Thank you so much. And we'll put all that information in the show notes for everyone who's listening. Thank you for joining us today. Please remember that any views or opinions expressed during this podcast are those of our guest and do not necessarily express those of the Affluent Insurance Advisor. While the information in this episode may concern financial matters, it is not legal or tax advice and should not be construed as such. We encourage you to consult with your legal counsel or tax advisors on these matters. Tom Hensky is a registered representative and offers securities and investment advisory services through MML Investor Services, member SIPC, 90 Park Avenue, New York, New York, 10016, 212-536-6000.